Welcome to the world where Filter Not Included podcast is recording a podcast in which the Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams are facing off in the Super Bowl in 2022. No, this is not a dream. Do not pinch yourself. We are in this fucking realistic world. This is really happening. Tim Bennett and Matty Brisson are in fucking heaven and we're alongside with them. We have Eric Big Blue Westy. Scotty Big Screen Gillespie making a surprise appearance in the Withrow basement uh, due to his alcoholic tendencies joining me for NFL Sunday, as well as Brock DeBossero and himself, Matty Bengal Brisson, Matty G. Burrow, uh, joining us for the podcast today to talk all things Cincinnati and all things NFL Sunday. Uh, not only did we just have the most recent greatest weekend of football with the divisional round. We had a couple of dandy ass fucking championship games here this championship Sunday, but we have to start it off by passing it along to the man who bears the Bengals fang uh, flag behind him, the Burrow Jersey, as well as DeMar Chase Jersey that he is donning. Maddie J Burrow Brisson, the floor is yours. Your Cincinnati Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. We need all the senses, all the feels that you've gone through. But the most important question I have for you, how did the cheap cider slash champagne taste when you popped it in your parents' backyard? Yeah, thank you for that kind of intro, Brock. You know, I wish Timmy was here with me, but uh, we believe he's still breathing. We cannot confirm because he had to text us back in a while, but he's probably out celebrating. So, and he deserves to, but I would be remiss if I didn't congratulate Scotty Gillespie on getting his public indecency case dismissed with the Edmonton Police Services. So congratulations on that. And now to... Hey, that means a lot, you know. That means a lot. I very much appreciate it. Yeah, who knew you can do a helicopter in Roger's place, hey? Happens to the best of us. But yeah, now on to football, fellas, because the Bengals did beat the Chiefs today in absolute thriller they played three weeks ago three or four weeks ago thriller this week thriller same type of game the Bengals are down 11 going into the half and the Chiefs fucked up and didn't score points before the half but we'll talk about that in a sec at at the end of the day the boys played well it was battle they battled I feel like I battled just as hard I'm exhausted sweaty I probably smell bad all my joints hurt um I can't even begin to describe the pain I'm going through, I jumped in a snowbank that was full of fucking sharp ice. So I've been bleeding from both my shins the entire afternoon. It all this, and I had to do homework today. So the Bengals won 27-24. Joe Burrow outdueled Patrick Mahomes once again. Patrick Mahomes in the second half, actually. So for those of you who weren't watching the game, the uh for those of you who weren't watching the game, the Chiefs jumped out to an early lead. I believe it was 21-3 at halftime. Bengals came back in the second half. Valiant effort. But the thing that's probably the best thing to focus on right now and talk about is probably the Bengals' defense. Because first half, you guys tell me if I'm wrong here. And please do. But I do genuinely believe that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs were on God mode. Like, that might have been the best team I've ever seen. Like, the Bengals couldn't get a stop. Like, even the Chiefs' checkdowns were like, six, seven yards. And I was like, what the fuck? They're checking it down on first and 10 and they're at second and three. And how do you stop Patrick Mahomes on second and three? You don't unless you get a sack. So very difficult game there for the boys uh, for the first half. Sorry for the boys. Second half, the defense came out and balled out. They held Patrick Mahomes, went 17 for 31, 105 passing yards, two interceptions, zero touchdowns. 
and a 35 passer rating with four sacks. The Bengals held the Chiefs to six points on 10 possessions in the second half. What more can you say about that? What more do the people want? You tell me. It's crazy. Well, Steve, the you... uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are playing like the 2020 Kansas City Chiefs, and the Cincinnati Bengals are playing like the 2017 Cincinnati Bengals. And it was one of those that all the fears of Cincinnati Bengals spread and money line betters were just fucking falling apart within their hands. And uh, that first half was a little bit of a dagger. But at, at the end of the day, the boss and myself, yeah, you know what? I took all the cents I had in my Bet365 account, and I bet 46 cents on the plus 1,165 odds money line for the Bengals to win when they were down 21 to 3. And yeah, I got $5.14 more in my account. What of it? You know what? Not the biggest bet in the world, but it's one of those that it's uh, it's an aggressive bet, even though it's not the most money in the world. But it's one of those that I feel good about myself that I'm willing to take those risks on a Bengals team that, quite frankly, at 21 to 3, looked like they should have lost 42 to 3. And I know, Brisson, what you're talking about, but that's. Uh, you know, sometimes people say that's a TSN turning point, and you know maybe that was the case. You know that last uh, that last drive at the end of the half that was really the TSN turning point at the end of the day. Scotty, what do you got? So, at the end of the first half, I mean, well, like like we said, we'll talk about the points that were missed by the uh, Chiefs at the end of the, at the end of the first half. But end of the first half, it's twenty one three. I'm looking at myself, going, I fucking hate myself for betting Bengals plus seven. Like, clearly, the Chiefs were like, it's AFC Championship game. We're going to enter God mode and just not fucking punt the entire game or, you know, kick a field goal. Fuck it. We're just going to go out and score, period, done. And uh, that's what it was like for the first half. But then uh, I think we forgot for a second that Joe Burrow is Joe Burrow. And uh, he's done this before where he's been down. And then he went to halftime and went, you know what? We're going to fucking win this game. And uh, he went out with his boys and just went LSU mode on them in the NFL style and just went, you know, what if I just went gunsling the shit out of it? To, and But gunslinged in a safe way, you know, like uh, not throw it into fucking triple coverage and just hope like Brett Favre would fucking throw a bullet or Josh Allen even. Josh Allen's a guy that's like Brett Favre will fucking throw a bullet into triple coverage and just hope that it goes off of three hands and into his receiver. Uh, Joe Burrow's that safe gunslinger that just he'll go, you know what, I'm going to fucking sling the ball for two more quarters and I'll find the right guy at any time, which a lot of the time is Jamar Chase, but he found the guys every time and he fucking, he did the job. He needed, he did the job that he needed to do and he went into halftime and went, I'm going to fucking win this game, came out and did it, period. Yeah, obviously, yeah. We, we have uh, Westy here who uh, has his thoughts here on the game. Westy, what are your thoughts on this Bengals-Chiefs game? Was it a doozy of a 1 o'clock Mountain Standard Time game as an outside viewer, as a Giants fan yourself? Yeah, it was a good 1 o'clock, uh, 12, 12 Pacific time, you know, for Timmy there, but he's not here. Um, yeah, I was looking at some stats, and I saw this uh, AFC Championship stat. It was – 13 2 and 1, the home team that's hosting it, uh, covers the spread 13 times out of out of 16 times that, that has happened for the past uh 17 years. Uh, so I, I looked at this game saying, Am I betting the Chiefs minus seven and a half or am I riding with the Bengals uh money line? So I ended up betting 25 bucks on the money line, 
because my application got approved for uh, Matt's uh, bandwagon fan. Uh, so I got to back up Joe Shiesty, Joe Brr, and uh, Joe Joe Mama. So I got to do that shit. But fuck, man, 21 to three. I was sitting at halftime thinking there's no fucking way. But once once they stopped the Chiefs at that one yard line going into halftime, it, I saw Matt Persson tweet out turning point. And I, you know what? I've been at Matt's house for uh, our apartment for the divisional and the wildcard game. And what we did was uh, had a plate of not- nachos at halftime. And, you know, that turns things around. So what I did, I whipped up some nachos at my house threw it in the microwave fucking bang took him out munched on some nachos at halftime and shit just started turning around joe burrow was hitting jamar chase starting to hit it's like a hot dog after nine holes man it's just it turns everything around (laughs) dude everything you you go golfing and you get a hot dog or a smoky or sandwich and or italian sandwich at the ranch those things are bomb man you got a couple beers in you man it just turns you it makes you around better so i had to get the nachos going because that is exactly what changed the game. I'm telling you, my nachos saved the Bengals who day at there. And plus, you know, we got a we got a uh, Rams and ba- Bengals Super Bowl. So I'm on the fence of who I'm taking, but I, my application, my bandwagon definitely is uh, in consideration for my pick. Now, Brisson, I have a lot of questions for you as a Bengals fan into the Super Bowl. Number one. Uh, what was your hot dog at the uh, after nine holes turd moment for you in this game? No, question well, number one. Broccoli. If you were my boss, I probably would have uh, probably would have told you that I had a nice vanilla yogurt at halftime. But since you're one of my boys, I'd probably be honest with you and just tell you I took a big fat straight pull out of a bottle of vodka and said this can't get any worse. And turns out that was rallied the troops and sent them in the right direction. So crazy man, crazy game, crazy stuff crazy oh i gotta ask you obviously because uh obviously our boy scotty big screen has been here in a while he was the one who brought up the uh hot dog at the turn the nine holes uh what is the kind of shot in your golf game veering off a little bit here with your Bengals that would make you turn to the vodka bottle and say i gotta fucking i gotta stare straight in the bottle of this vodka bottle right now after a (laughs) shot like that uh (laughs) yeah i mean scotty brought up after nine holes i I feel like ever, I feel like you ever if, jerked uh, off at the turn, life changing. I feel like any three putt will make you uh, turn to the bottle. Yeah, I, that or I'm incredibly skilled at hitting the ball out of bounds. Yeah, so, I'm, think, I'm thinking a slice, slice that ends up. You know, if you're on hole nine, ends up on hole seven. Mm-hmm. That's that's a daggerous type of a. Uh, that's a that's a stare at the bottom of a vodka bottle. That's mine though. No, I have a slice. You got a can, ten foot, I have a you slice. Got... I could take it on a building wall, obviously, but uh, that's just kind of my. That's my type of uh, vodka bottle moment there. You got a ten foot birdie putt and you miss any three putt and you get a, you get a bogey. Actually, I think Westy might be right there. The worst thing in golf, obviously, we're not talking about football anymore. Fuck it, it's fun. Uh, golf is when you have like a decent look at a birdie, where you're like, okay, if I tuck this close, I at least can secure a par, no problems, and you just blow it right past the hole. Like speed, speed by judgment was just completely off, and then you're fucking three putting for bogey. I think Westy, that that's probably the kill me now thing especially because you had two like if you go out there and hit bet like 130 bad shots in a round you're just like i I was just bad today but if you were looking good in the round and then you start fumble fucking things like that that's when it gets problematic so you know see see, there's there's a hole here sorry wesley i gotta interrupt there's a hole here 
at uh at Legends Golf Course. Shout out Legends, uh, where it's a famous Brock Wither hole. I call it the par three over the water. You land it on the hole, it's par three. You're up top, you shoot over the water, you land on the green. All life is good, but every time me and uh, Scotty Big Street golf, it ends up being one of those where I fucking pin it within 10 to 15 feet. I look at Scotty as we sit in the car driving, drinking our uh, fireball or whatever type of liquor we're drinking on the way down to the green. And I always drop a, you know what? I can't wait to get a three out of this. <laughs> Even though I stick it within 10 to 15 feet, it always ends up being a three. So uh, that's that's kind of one of those. Matty B, another question for you. Oh, sorry, Westy, what do you got? You know, just like... Uh putting brock there there's halftime adjustments and zach taylor in halftime he's probably one of the best coaches for this is making those halftime adjustments with his defense and with his team and like it was it's just incredible to come back from a 21-3 like it's not in a championship game against one of the most potent offenses and andy reeds and chiefs but like god damn that bengals win got me so fucking horny matt Another question for you, Matty B, obviously as a Bengals fan. Uh, for those of you that don't know, there was a moment where Eli Apple dropped a potential interception in overtime where he had hands like bricks or hands like feet, as Westy put it on his Twitter. Uh, Matty B, there was a moment where you saw Zach Taylor's face where he was almost smiling and giggling at the fact that Eli Apple dropped a potentially game-sealing interception. Was that a moment where one of two things? One, that he knew Eli Apple had hands of steel or two was that Zach Taylor knew that even though he dropped that pass, the game was still in their hands. Yeah, I saw that too. And I was pondering this for quite a while is I don't really know what was going through Zach to Zach Taylor's head there because he looked, he looked very weird. He's got a, not a weird look. He's just like a regular looking dude, but that was a weird time to smile. And you're right. There's only two things that could be going through his head there. I think, I don't know. I, I really don't know just because it's not Zach that I can't get a read on. It's Eli Apple. Like I said this last week, his, his social media is the eighth wonder of the world. Guy's a lunatic, an absolute lunatic, but I don't know how you drop that. I guess he was like anticipating Patrick Mahomes, not throwing such a shitty pass, but yeah, I, I, I'd probably say that he was laughing at Eli Apple, not with Eli Apple, but who knows, man? Who knows what goes on? No one knows anything about Eli Apple other than him and his mom who had to deactivate her social media because of him. Or he's going to be on another team or not on a team next year. Yeah, he could be Gonzo. Yeah, another question for you, If you're Joey Burrow, you're walking into the Super Bowl, the day of the Super Bowl. Obviously, he's had some fucking absolutely outrageous fits. The sunglasses that have turned viral all across social media. You're, you're Joey Burrow walking into SoFi Stadium for Super Bowl night. What is What are a couple key things that, if you if Joe Burrow was on the line right now, what were a couple of key things that you would recommend him wearing, whether it's Cincinnati, a specific type of apparel, or just LSU type of apparel, or maybe just Joe Burrow, specific type of apparel, that you would recommend him being like, you know what, you got to don this for Super Bowl night. Once in a lifetime thing where potentially, you know, Oh, she never makes another Super Bowl. This is his Super Bowl. He's got to wear it. What are a couple of things you would suggest for him if Joey Burrow was listening? Well, I'll give you my serious answer first. So it's been this entire playoff run and probably this entire season. Like just for everyone listening right now, the Bengals were expected to win six and a half games this year. They greatly, greatly exceeded that. But if I'm Joey B 
and I'm walking into the Super Bowl. You know, this team had this big mantra coming into this playoff run about this, like, why not us? Why not us? Why can't it be us that wins the Super Bowl? And they kind of took on that as a personality. And at, actually, it was not this week. Last week, Joey V in the captain's only meeting said it shouldn't be why not us anymore. It should be fuck it. It is us. And it is us. Like, we made it to the Super Bowl. We've taken out both the number one and the number two seeds in the AFC on the road. So find me another team that would be able to do that. But at the end of the day, if I'm Joey B, I'm wearing a shirt that says it is us. I'm showing up with my colored glasses on all the swag to the nines because there's one reason. And there's one reason I would be doing all this, this excessive stuff. And that's because no quarterback has ever won the Heisman, the national championship and the Super Bowl. And Joey B has a chance to do it all in three years. And that's including a nine month rehab after getting his ACL, his MCL, and his meniscus blown out last year. So you want to talk about the greatest of all times. We'll talk about this Tom Brady stuff later this week. But Joe Burrow is like Tom Brady, except with a successful college career. And I think that Joe Burrow can be the greatest player to ever pick up a football by the end of this. As a biased Bengals fan, I will say that. But like this guy, he took this team – that has so many flaws. They got sacked nine times last week. He took them to the bowl. So, Brisson, in, in your case, and I was get, this was one of my questions, but this is a great segue into it. In your opinion, with the lack of research you've done into this, because this is a drop-dead question for you, is Joe Burrow the greatest number one draft pick of all time in the oh. NFL? Like, I would probably say he's the best number one draft pick in all of sports since Connor McDavid. I don't know of all time, but Burrow has turned a franchise that was a total dumpster in, into, into this, into this monster of an organization that just steamrolled the number one, the number two seeds. Like he has changed so much. Uh, he's changed so much in such a short amount of time. I don't think anyone can discount what he's, what he's done, but I see Scotty G's got something going on with him. So I can't wait to find out what this is. So lay it, Scotty, lay, lay it on, confess. Keep in mind, Scotty's on a short-term basis here. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So in terms of like, you went very far in terms of the Joey Burrow, you know, college career being successful and yada, 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 and going into the NFL career. Like, I could go deep into that. Like, Tom, to say that Tom Brady didn't have a successful college career is kind of whack. I mean, it's very, like, they both played in kind of different areas of the college football spectrum. So to say that they had didn't have, that they had different and outcomes is to be a bit of a stretch. I mean, uh, Tom Brady still ended up beating Alabama in the Orange Bowl. So, to and I mean, yeah, okay, national championship and all that shit, whatever it is, it's so subjective in terms of college football. He played in a giant bowl game still as a starter at Michigan and beat Alabama when Alabama was not totally down yet. Like they were still good, and uh, he he did what he did. I mean, he proved himself in college that people didn't know about. Period. Done. Um, in terms of the NFL as number one picks, I will agree. Joe Burrow 
has changed the game in terms of number one overall picks, as in 1-1, done, period. Like, yeah, McDavid in hockey, yes. Burrow in the NFL, yeah. I'll agree with that. But to say he's, like, the best number one pick ever is kind of a little bit whacked me. Um, I mean, that's all I got in terms of the NFL side, but I was more looking at Brock in terms of the old, like, you know, Fucking recording, not recording. He was kind of going whack with it, all that shit. Um, um, I've had so many drinks with me that I'm losing my train of thought. So, <laughs> But at, at the end of the day, it is the uh, – to say that Joe Burrow is a better overall player than Tom Brady right now is a little bit whack just because of they both have very good college and – in early returns, very good NFL careers. I mean, he fucking, like, Tom Brady went out and won an Orange Bowl at Michigan. Done. Westman just sat up real aggressive. So, Westman, we have to hear from you. What what made you go from a lying flat position to sitting up real aggressive? Let's hear what your thoughts are. No, I was thinking of Matt's take for the the greatest number one draft pick on in history, I guess, like Joe, Joey B. Sure. He has all the tangibles. He wanted a good QB that he's smart. He makes a good, good decisions. He has the athleticism, but like, I'm going to be a little bit uh, biased on my answer. You know, I think the greatest number one overall draft pick was in 2004. And that's Eli Manning, who's been the goat twice in the Super Bowl, who has won two Super Bowls, who's actually been in there and done that. And Brock, I see you moving your arms saying like, what's this guy talking about? But Hey, I'm a biased ass motherfucker. And Eli Manning's the best number one draft pick ever. No! Well, that's the purpose of the question is we have to get a little bit of anticipation, a little bit of drama, a little bit of discussion in the question. That's what it's brought up, right? Maybe there is no such thing as the greatest number one draft pick of all time. And maybe it's not decided because Joe Burrow is going to his first ever Super Bowl as a Cincinnati Bengal. At the end of the day, that's what's most important right now in this podcast is that Joe Burrow is taking the Cincinnati Bengals. That's right. Just say it out loud, people. I've been saying it all day. It still doesn't make sense. Say it out loud with me. You're listening in your car. You're going to work. Say it with me out loud. The Cincinnati Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. Say it again. The Cincinnati Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. That's fact, not fiction. I'm telling you right now, it's a real deal. Matty B, Timmy B, their Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. It's a real deal. Westy, I got a question for you because it's a big one. It's another one that's been driving me insane because he is the real deal in Cincinnati. But you have Graham Gano as your kicker at this moment based on the ESPN draft death chart. What would you give up without trading Graham Gano for Evan McPherson straight up? What would you give up to get Evan McPherson to become a New York Giant? irrelevant because Evan McPherson has like the best average for 50 yarders, right? Uh, Graham Gano is top three in average for NFL kicking top three. So why oh would I give God. up this fucking guy, man? He's just, who invited this guy? What are you talking what? about? Evan McPherson what? is one kick away yeah. from breaking the NFL Dude, record Graham, for most. Look at the average. Look at the average. Graham Gano is Mr. Consistent. Why would I trade my kicker who makes kicks consistently, who's in the top three for average, for a guy that's a rookie? And yes, he's he had the best average for 50 plus 
But I'm just saying, consistently, you just need a kicker to go in there, get the job done, put it through the pipes. If you're top three in the league at a 32 jobs, you're doing a hell of a job. Why would I trade anything for that? He did just break an NFL rookie record, by the way, for most field goals consecutive. Don't give a fuck if he broke a rookie NFL rookie of the year. My guys, Graham Gano is in the top three for average, dude. Look it up. Look at the stats. Stats Your Giants are good at kicking field goals, too, because you guys obviously can't execute in scoring touchdowns. Yeah, that's a good. That's a really good stat. That's a really good stat. We were 32nd in the red zone this year, NFL red zone. And that was one of the biggest reasons we hired Brian Dables to fix that. And I think we might bring Ken Ken Dorsey, the passing coordinator from the Bills, to fix that issue is we need to be better in the red zone. We need to score points. That is the issue. The New York Giants and 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 the best answer is Brian Dables. And, and I, I think he can turn a raw, raw Daniel Jones into a superstar like he did with Josh Allen. Also, okay, Westy, I appreciate – like, honestly – I absolutely appreciate your fandom for the Giants. Like, just straight up, I love the loyalty to the Giants that you have. I'm going to backtrack a little bit. because Daniel Jones, was, talking... Daniel Jones was top fucking five in his whole – I'm not talking about Daniel Jones right Daniel now. Daniel Jones was top five in 20-yard plus – In 20-yard plus – in completion. I am not – Westy. He's one I of the best deep throwers Daniel, in Daniel average for completion. Jones right now. Hey, okay, okay, I'm go. just trying to backtrack a little bit. Like, I'm trying to backtrack all the way to the fact, like, this is still in my mind. And it's the fact that you went, that Eli Manning is the best number oh, okay. one draft pick of all time. I okay? said I like, said I was biased before. I mean, and I can appreciate your bias to that. But as a non-biased, like, as a non-biased okay. fan, as a Seahawks guy that just can't, yeah, I see that. As a Seahawks guy that has not had a big old number one overall, uh, Eli Manning, fantastic quarterback, no doubt about it. But I don't see like Joe Burrow is a guy in his first year has a knee blown out, and the reason the team goes four and twelve is because the knee get blown out, and then he comes back and wins the division. I just don't see Eli Manning being that type of quarterback. If Eli Manning goes into the type of system where he has absolutely zero protection and gets hurt because of it he comes back the next year and wins the division does he eh, maybe but does he during that season where he has zero protection i mean the fact is if joe burrow had protection during that rookie season i feel like they have a way better record than 4 and 12 i mean a hunting hey. playoffs type of record hey does you like look- manning have that type of deal with the fucking Giants, if he has if he has the same level of protection as the Bengals had in Burrow's first year, if if Joe if oh sorry, so your question is if Eli Manning had the same protection as Joe Burrow did in it early in his career, would he be the same quarterback? Or sorry, I mean, like essentially yes. I mean, our O line has been problems for years. I mean, we have one of the lowest ranked offensive lines in the league, and it is a problem, and we need to fix that clearly. But Eli Manning, what he did with subpar teams and, like, not really high names. We had Plaxico, Burroughs, Burroughs David Tyree. Uh, like, it's just incredible that he went into Green Bay twice, beat Packers. He beat the Pats two years in the Super Bowl. Like, he's won with subpar teams. I mean, Joe Burrow has – would would you agree or disagree that the Bengals are a subpar team? I mean, they have weapons all around. They have oh, Jamar the Bang- Chase. The Bengals Joe are Mixon. a subpart. Like, sorry, Brisson, but the Bengals are a subpart team. They have but like their receivers four are or good. five. 
Higgins, okay. Boyd, yeah, that's great. Chase, if you could, Joe if you could, Mixon's a top if you can three let the running ball back in go league. in time, uh, the divisional round proved it. If you can let the ball go in enough time, you're going to win the football game because that protection for fucking Joe Burrow in the divisional round was the worst protection that you could have seen in the playoff game. I mean, the Bengals sacked nine fucking times. And he just, all he had to find out was if I drop back and let it go fast enough, I will find a receiver. Done. It was, Matt, dude, it was 20% of his dropbacks Matt, that game. One in five times he got dropped back, he got sacked. Rasan, I'll ask you a question. This year, watching the Bengals, who won more games for you? Was it Joe Burrow in the offense or was it Hendricks and your defense? Who, who, was, who was the recipe for winning games? Uh, kicker. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, it's probably the offense, I would say. The offense, okay. But the Bengals do have a good defense. And that defense does win championships. So if the defense can't, like, fucking sustain and stop the Rams from scoring, they have a good fucking chance of winning the Super Bowl. Breaking news for all of you Phil and included listeners listening right now. We have a special joined guest. And, yes, it is Timmy Bengals himself. The man, the myth, the legend. Was he dead? Maybe legally for a few minutes, but he has taken the time to rejoin us. He has been rejoined in life. He has been brought back to life. He has enjoyed the Bengals win shirts on and off as he rubs his nipples real aggressively. We have Timmy Bengals on the podcast. Timmy, give us your fucking live reaction. How are you feeling right now? Your Bengals are going to the fucking Super Bowl. Boys, 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 we're going to the fucking soupy. Oh, man. Okay, so let's go back in time. We'll go back to three minutes left in the game. I'm sitting there with some of the boys chilling on the couch, and I look around. I'm like, you know what, guys? I'm done sitting. I'm done sitting for today. I'm just going to pace behind you. Don't sweat about it. And uh, so I started pacing back and forth, watching the last few minutes. We go to overtime, and I am sweating profusely. Um, we lose the coin toss, and I scream a very loud, very loud, very clear, fuck. And, uh, you know, they start spitting off the stats. Ten and one when you win the coin toss in playoff overtime. And uh, my buddy Shane was sitting with us. He's a Seahawks fan, so he knows that that one is Matt Hasselbeck. And so I start going off. Saying, you know what? If you really look down at the numbers, boil it down. Patrick Mahomes is basically Matt Hasselbeck, so we're gonna roll ten and two right here. And everyone's looking at me like I'm fucking nuts. And I'm just riding the roller coaster of that overtime. We get the pick, and I just start screaming, just losing my mind. We've got a little rescue Chihuahua in my house, and he was having a hard time with how loud I was being. But shout out to Groot, he rolled with it. Um, we get the ball, we just start driving, giving the ball to Joe Mixon, no problem. The one pass to T. Higgins over the middle, electric. We get into uh, field goal range, and I just get this, you know, instinct. I, I keep yelling out, I want to say it, I want to say it. I'm not going to say it, I want to say it, but I'm not going to say it. And then fucking Tony Romo goes, the Bengals have just won or just made it to the Super Bowl. I'm like, boy. We haven't even come close to pulling our kicker out. So I screamed the loudest, fuck you, because that's what I wanted to say the whole time, but we're not going to say it. And then uh, my 
roommate wasn't watching with us. He was up the mountain and he phones me saying that he's watching the game. And I was like, we're about to win this fucking football game. Joe Burrow just centered the ball. And he's like, fuck you. You're ahead of me. Hangs up right away. And then Evan McPherson lines his kick up and drills it. And I went bananas. Those that saw the video, you're welcome. I was running back and forth in the kitchen. Tarps come off. I spike it. I'm screaming my head off. I pick up the pit bull, start dancing around with her, just screaming. We're going to the Super Bowl. And then throughout the rest of the night, periodically conversations start dying down. I'd be like, boys, we're going to the soupy. So if you want a live reaction, that's what we got. And not only did Tim give the biggest hug to his dog, uh, live reaction video, obviously, without the shirt on, the uh, big nip slip, obviously, turning very viral in terms of our group chat. But, Tim, I have a few questions for you that uh, I asked uh, our res- other resident Bagel fan, Matty B. Burrow. Uh, first question for you. Eli Apple, hands of steel, obviously. We seal that. He dropped that potential ceiling interception that didn't really happen to uh, cause costly for the team. And then you see Zach Taylor with the biggest smile slash goofy look on his face thinking, oh, my God, if we've won this, we're going to go to the Super Bowl. What was your thoughts when you first saw that eat, that Zach Taylor shot of him smiling slash laughing off the fact that Eli Apple once again proved that he has hands like feet? There's nothing Zach Taylor can do that I will be upset with. Um, yeah, seeing that smile, I was reciprocating because you know what? Not everything goes perfectly. We still got to roll with it. And guess what? We're going to the fucking soupy. But let me get on about Eli Apple because that motherfucker, I stood up for him for the last two weeks. Westy knows it. Westy was getting pissed by how much I was talking about how Eli Apple's great. He played so bad. So bad. Like, thank God we got Jesse Bates tipping passes. Thank God we got Mike Hilton playing well. Um, fucking Awuzie got burned twice, one by Hardman, made him look like the fastest guy in the NFL, and one by Tyreek Hill in the end zone for the first score. So secondary could tighten it up, but I'm not out on Eli Apple, but he's in the doghouse. Yeah, that's a uh, obviously tough one there. Like I said, a former Ohio State Buckeye, you obviously aren't an Ohio State Buckeye fan as I am, but that's, that's one where uh, a guy comes into your team and, you know, He's been in there a few years now, and uh, like I said, a couple big moments in playoff games, and he proved that he uh, can't catch a big one, literally and figuratively. So uh, the big question I have for you, uh, Rasan, Tim, and also others on the podcast, big question for you. We're going to go a little bit off script here with the game. Zach Taylor had one of those newer hats where it's all black with the outline of the orange around the outside of the B. Other teams have had it where they have the outside of their team color around the black hat. Now, I have to say, I really thought those were fucking unreal hats. They were cool. The blackout with the orange stripe around the B was especially cool for the Bengals, especially where they're black and orange colors. But I need a question for all of you guys. I need an answer from one of you. Whoever wants to take the floor, what are your guys' thoughts on the blackout hats with the uh, team color outlines on their logos? I just want to go back a little bit, and then I'll, I can we can tackle your question. You briefly mentioned the Ohio State Buckeyes because of Eli Apple. I just need to reiterate what Joe Burrow came out and said, because there are a lot of people out there saying 
Joe Burrow is now the first Ohio State Buckeye quarterback to make it to the Super Bowl. And he came out and said, it's not where you start, it's where you're finished. I'm an LSU Tiger. I don't know why these Ohio State fans are claiming me. So, I mean, with all due respect, fuck Ohio State. As far as the hats go. Tim, 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 I will say for the bottom of my heart as an Ohio State Buckeye fan that I will never say when I'm 70 or 80 years old that a Ohio State Buckeye and Joe Burrow won the Super Bowl because I know he's an LSU Tiger at heart. Like, that is the easiest. Well, that's like Justin Fields going from Georgia to Ohio State being like, well, a Georgia Bulldog won the uh, Super Bowl. Nope, that's fucking absolutely wrong because he left there and went to Ohio State, obviously. You know, that's that's just how it is. It's not where, like you said, it's not where he starts, where he finished. So Joe Burrow, LSU Tiger at heart. He will never be on Ohio State Buckeye to me. He had a great time there, but I will never say, if the Bengals win the Super Bowl, I will not say, good God, the Ohio State Buckeyes have a quarterback that won the Super Bowl. I promise you that. It's not where you finish, but uh, Dwayne Haskins beat out Joe Burrow for that job at Ohio State through 50 touchdowns, and look where he is. He's finishing at a third string for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's a bum. Yeah, but you know what? Ben, Big Ben retires, and you never know. It's his job. You know, training camp comes uh, around. Maybe he competes for it. Who knows? Yeah. Him and Mason Rudolph, big yeah. uh, forehead Rudolph. Maybe that's uh, – you never know. It's a battle. Mason Rudolph being a possibly NFL starting quarterback that because no one is injured is hilarious to me. The guy got his head beat in by his own fucking helmet by the opposing defensive lineman. That's hilarious. You hear Mason Rudolph, you think Adam Schefter tweeting assault, assault period. That's all you think. Just think that. Mason Rudolph, Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback, Adam Schefter tweeting assault, period. The greatest tweet of all time. That's all you have to think. Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins going for a straight competitive job for the new Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback starting quarterback position. That's an electric storyline, all training camp. Whether it comes true or whether they draft someone, that's all you got to think. Now, Timmy and Brisson, obviously your Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. Like I said earlier, who would have thought that a few months ago we joined this podcast, you guys joined the big screen sports and filtered not included team, and it happened to be that your fucking terrible franchise in the Bengals a few years ago who lost four or won four games and lost 12 ended up being in the Super Bowl this year. What a fucking crazy turn of events. Who would have thought that the boss could pull this off and getting a couple Bengals fans on the podcast for all of those listeners out there who weren't Bengals fans, give them something optimistic to look forward to uh, in the Super Bowl that they may not know on face value that, you know, the Troy Aikmans and the Joe Bucks and the Tony Romos and the Jim Nances might not cover right off the gate Tell them what they're looking forward to. Maybe that's an in-depth secret or not. Uh, something to look forward to for somebody that hasn't been watching Bengals games. Um, first off, I mean, I feel like we should all know this by the playoffs, but uh, I think at least a top five, if not top three receiving core at this point. Um, looking at Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase. So look out for the passing game from the Bengals. Joe Mixon was top three in rushing yards. So, like, just offensively, we're explosive. We can run off big plays. Um, how about Samaji P. Ryan today pulling off 41? 
Um, but the real person to watch if you're watching the Bengals game, if you want to get really excited about a hard nosed just dude, is watching uh, Trey Hendrickson play. The dude just wears long sleeves, no gloves. Half the time doesn't even get into a three-point stance, doesn't give a fuck, and he still goes out there and just mauls O-lines. So if you want to get excited and just watch some good old-fashioned football, focus on that man. Um, The biggest point to really look at for the Bengals moving forward is going to be their O-line play. Uh, Today was better than nine sacks, which is, you know, not hard to do. But that's going to be the biggest one. Trying to stop Aaron Donald is a tall order to fill. Not one we can't do, but it's going to take some work. So thank God we got two weeks for it. Tim, I asked uh, Matty B this earlier in the show before he could uh, join us in your shirtless endeavor. But uh, if you were Joe Burry, you're walking into Super Bowl at SoFi Stadium. What is the outfit of choice for you? What is the one that you're going to stand out and let people know on social media that you are the man that's going to win the Super Bowl this year? Oh, man, this guy is so unpredictable, so I can't really uh, go into that too much. But how ice cold was that black turtleneck today? That made me happy. And then the post game, they're talking about his, uh, you know, Nike swoosh JB9 chain. And they go, Joe, are those real diamonds? And he hits them with, uh, I make way too much money to wear fake diamonds. Um, So I'm expecting Joe to wear, you know, a staple color, but have a flashier jacket on the outside um i think he's really gonna show out it's the soupy and he will be wearing some rectangle shaped sunglasses i feel like he went you know a darker tint today so i'm gonna go wild and say he's going with the gambler's yellow westman you're dressing up for the super bowl you're the starting quarterback of your new york giants going into sofi stadium to play in the 2022 super bowl what is your outfit of choice head to toe you know, I got to take a page out of Joe Burrow, and you got to wear your teammates on your shirt. I, that, that shirt where uh, Joe Burrow has T, Jamar, and Boyd on the shirt, that's just fucking dope, man. It's team mentality. It's a team game. Fuck, it's all about the team. Scotty Big Screen joining the podcast recently. What is your outfit of choice walking into SoFi Stadium? I mean, my choice of uh, – I'm going to fucking show it on camera, which the podcast will not see, unfortunately. But uh, it's a T-shirt that I got for Christmas, and it's the absolute – it's the cockiest thing that you can wear going into any championship game. And it's the not-a-big-deal T-shirt from Spit and Chicken's podcast. Currently ripping off his shirt. It's, and it's, yeah, it's the fucking big old – yeah, I'm not a big deal. Whoopsies. I'm the best quarterback in the nation. I'm going to win the fucking Super Bowl. Uh, Scotty, Scotty, Scotty is Scotty the is greatest, the greatest, the greatest, greatest verbally advertiser of all time, showing a T-shirt that none of our viewers can physically see, but I'm sure that they all know exactly what he's wearing in terms of the audio that he provided. Matty Brisson, you're walking into SoFi Stadium. What are you decking? Uh, I don't know, man. Probably a suit and tie. You gotta, you gotta keep it classy because if you're the guy that dresses ridiculous all year, you'll throw him a nice curveball. You'll get a couple, you'll get yourself trending at least on Twitter walking in the stadium there. If you show up in a regular suit and a tie, ready to take care of business. Beautiful. All right. Well, we have uh, our Bengals Chiefs talk. Uh, we obviously talked about that. Timmy B joined the show. Maddie B obviously discussed that in length. 
Is there anything else, boys, we have to talk about Bengals and Chiefs-wise before we move on to the next game where we can give Timmy Bennett the floor on the Niners-Rams and his rant on the Niners and Rams? How about this? Uh, give me 60 seconds. I'll ask Tim five questions, and he's going to answer them as fast as he can. All right? Fuck, Mary kill, or are we thinking a little bit, uh, a little bit of actually in-depth this time? Um, it'll be a little bit... Both? It'll be a little bit more in depth. Sure. I mean, yeah, you want you want to do it? Threesome Mary Kill, go. I have no idea. I have no idea. But Tim, all right, you already got five questions for you. Answer as quick as you can. Let's do it. All right. Um going first. How happy are you to get rid of Jackson Mahomes? Could you repeat that? You kind of cut a little on me. Oh, sorry. Uh <laughs> all right. How happy are you to get rid of Jackson Mahomes? Um, if I'm being totally honest, I have not, I may have never seen any of his TikToks before, but I get that everybody hates him. So, uh, let's go scale of one to 10, like a seven. Okay. Don't need to see that man dance on a field anymore, but I don't really see it anyway. Zach Taylor versus Sean McVay. Who wins? Uh, if we're talking who wins in a fight, Sean McVay for sure. Um, but who wins in the Super Bowl? Probably my guy, Zach Taylor. Um, but I'd rather take Sean McVay on a date. The news broke this week that the Dolphins would trade three first-round picks to the Bengals for what turned out to be Joe Burrow. How many wins should they have asked? How many uh, first-rounders should they have asked? Um, I think the way that the Bengals were kind of set up going into that draft, it would have taken at least five. Like that's, They were not giving up that pick because they knew that they were going to get to the Soupy in two years. And also, got to go a side tangent about the Dolphins. I'm hearing big rumblings that they're taking my boy, Jim Harbaugh. So we're canceling them and their candy-ass uniforms. So actually give me seven first-rounders. Vegas paid out all everyone that bet on the Chiefs' money line because it got above 17 points. That's the automatic payout. How much do you think Vegas lost by doing that and having the Bengals win? That's a good question. Um, I mean, obviously a fucking lot. I feel like most people bet Chiefs. The uh, yeah, the auto payout from Bet Three Six Five. Shout out to that. That's pretty tight. But yeah, it definitely bites them in the ass when shit like this happens. You don't, you question. know, you can never, uh, you can never plan for having a big dog like Joe Burrow out there. Last question: uh, What picture was colder, Burrow's dad and Jamar's dad smoking cigars after the game, or the Tyler Shelvin carrying out Joe Burrow in 2019 after the Natty? Or in 2022 after the AFC Championship? I got to ride with the side-by-side of the Tyler Shelvin picks. Um, although it is sweet that the, uh, you know, Papa Chase, Papa Burrow are both smoking their cigars, doing the thing that their sons do. I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, they're both named Jimmy, which is fucking insane. Um, but we're definitely going with the Tyler Shelvin pick because that's just going to be iconic. And you know what? That picture is going to be the first image on our Super Bowl DVD. Hopefully they walk him into Canton like that. So back to you, Broccoli. Obviously for me, uh, I have a big question for you, Tim, and it's regarding uh, the Rams and 49ers game. I'm sure the fact that you were legally dead for a few minutes and weren't responding in our group chat means that you missed maybe the uh, opening quarter at the very least, but 
with regards to the Bengals playing the Rams in the Super Bowl, what's uh, one thing for the fans out there that you can say is one th- positive you're looking into that the Bengals outmatch the Rams in, and what's one negative that maybe the Rams uh, the Rams may outweigh the Bengals in the Super Bowl? Uh, like I was saying earlier, the place where they're outweighing them right now is the Rams D-line against the Bengals O-line. So Joe's just got to work on getting the ball out quick. Um, but the matchup I'm excited for as a Bengals fan is just going to be our receivers going up against that secondary. Uh, you know we're going to get Jamar Chase, Jalen Ramsey for most of the game, which I think is going to be a very exciting matchup. But it'll be interesting to see how big of a role Eric Weddle plays because he led their team in tackles and he was retired, what, a month and a half ago? So he's got some fresh legs under him. So he will potentially be a game changer for that Rams defense. But the Bengals offense is fucking electric. You have the Super Bowl trophy, the Vince Lombardi trophy in your hands as Gerald Burrow holds it on top of the stage. The Super Bowl is over. The Bengals win. What is the first celebration thing that either you, Matty B, or you, Timmy B, are doing post-Super Bowl that the fans can look forward to two weeks in advance to their Bengals hoisting the Super Bowl? Uh, We're going lit cigars and a nice beer shower. I don't do the champagne as much, but I will be on my front porch getting sprayed with beer with a lit cigar rolling. I haven't even thought that far. I it would not end well, and probably me with a couple, couple crime criminal charges I'd fight. But it would be a good night. Just keep the cameras on me. We have the end of our NFL championship recap, brought to you by Big Screen Sports on Instagram. Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok at Big Screen Sports. For Twitter, it's at Big Screen Sport. Check out our website and the Big Blue Rant by our boy Eric Westman. Our recaps and previews by Matty B. Uh, BigScreenSport.wordpress.com, as well as check us out on all your pat- podcast streaming platforms. Filter not included podcast. Share with your friends and family. Our last topic of the night, we have to get it in here because our boy Westman, obviously, like me and Scotty, don't have a team rooting here in the Super Bowl. He's got his big blue rant here, and he has their team, the New York Giants, have hired their guy in Brian Dable as the new head coach as well as the new GM. Westman, give the fans your couple-of-minute recap on the new GM. I believe a new assistant GM. I could be wrong, but at least new GM and head coach. Give us what's going on there in the front office of New York and tell us what the fans are looking for forward to this upcoming season. Yeah, it's pretty exciting stuff. We uh, we got our new uh, GM, Joe Shane, from uh, Buffalo Bills. He was the assistant GM there for the past five years. He was a guy that I saw on paper looking for GM jobs, and as I, I saw his experience with scouting um, the college level and pro level for 20 years, and, and, you know, a guy like that can definitely help be inside with new analytics and and how we how we do things and how we – uh, draft and it's very it's a smart hire and he brought alongside his uh, offensive coordinator from the Bills as well uh, Brian Dable who I I absolutely love as a coach he he is he's co- like like Joe Judge did he had experience under uh, Saban and Belichick like so he definitely has been in the right rooms for 
coaching and has definitely learned a lot from a lot of those guys. So it's definitely exciting. And what he's done in Buffalo for the past couple of years, turning Josh Allen to a stud and, you know, making their offense really fucking scary in the league. And I mean, I, I hope that they can turn this new year team around, like build this O line up, get some edge picks and, you know, our team from like the Bengals four win team can turn into a uh, Super Bowl contending team. Like it, it's definitely exciting. And man, I, I'm just looking forward to the future and, and see what, what, what shit can happen. Uh, he's changed so much in such a short amount of time. I don't think anyone can discount what he's, what he's done, but I see Scotty G's got something going on with him. So I can't wait to find out what this is. So lay it, Scotty, lay, lay it on, confess. Keep on a short-term basis here. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so in terms of, like, you went very far in terms of the Joey Burrow, you know, college career being successful and yada, 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 and going into the NFL career. Like, I could go deep into that. Like, Tom, to say that Tom Brady didn't have a successful college career is kind of whack. I mean, it's very – like they both played in kind of different areas of the college football spectrum. So to say that they had didn't have that they had different and outcomes is to be a bit of a stretch. I mean, uh, Tom Brady still ended up beating Alabama in the orange bowl. So to, and I mean, yeah. Okay. National championship and all that shit, whatever it is, it's so subjective in terms of college football he played in a giant bowl game still as a starter at Michigan and beat Alabama when Alabama was not totally down yet. Like they were still good. And uh, he, he did what he did. I mean, he proved himself in college that people didn't know about period done. Um, in terms of the NFL as number one picks, I will agree. Joe Burrow has changed the game in terms of number one, overall picks as in one, one, Done, period. Like, yeah. McDavid in hockey, yes. Burrow in the NFL, yeah. I'll agree with that. But to say he's, like, the best number one pick ever is kind of a little bit whacked me. Um, I mean, that's all I got on terms of the NFL side. But I was more looking at Brock in terms of the old, like, you know, fucking recording, not recording. He was kind of going whack with it, all that shit. Um, um I've had so many drinks with me that I'm losing my train of thought. So, <laughs> but at the end of the day, it is the uh, to say that Joe Burrow is a better overall player than Tom Brady right now is a little bit whack just because of they both have very good college and in early returns, very good NFL careers. I mean, he fucking, like, Tom Brady went out and won an Orange Bowl at Michigan. Done. Westman just sat up real aggressive. So, Westman, we have to hear from you. What what made you go from a lying flat position to sitting up real aggressive? Let's see what your thoughts are. No, I was thinking of Matt's take for the the greatest number one draft pick on, in history, I guess. Like, Joe, Joey B, sure, he has all the tangibles you want in a good QB, that he's smart, he makes a good – Good decisions. He has the athleticism, but like I'm going to be a little bit uh biased on my answer. You know, I think the greatest number one overall draft pick was in 2004, and that's Eli Manning, who's been the goat twice in the Super Bowl, who has won two Super Bowls, who's actually been in there and done that. And Brock, I see you moving your arms, saying like, "What's this guy talking about?" But hey, I'm a biased ass motherfucker. 
and Eli Manning's the best number one draft pick ever. No! Well, that's the purpose of the question is we have to get a little bit of anticipation, a little bit of drama, a little bit of discussion in the question. That's what it's brought up, right? Maybe there is no such thing as the greatest number one draft pick of all time. And maybe it's not decided because Joe Burrow is going to his first ever Super Bowl as a Cincinnati Bengal. At the end of the day, that's what's most important right now in this podcast is that Joe Burrow is taking the Cincinnati Bengals. That's right. Just say it out loud, people. I've been saying it all day. It still doesn't make sense. Say it out loud with me. You're listening in your car. You're going to work. Say it with me out loud. The Cincinnati Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. Say it again. The Cincinnati Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. That's fact, not fiction. I'm telling you right now, it's a real deal. Matty B, Timmy B, their Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. It's a real deal. Westy, I got a question for you because it's a big one. It's another one that's been driving me insane because he is the real deal in Cincinnati. But you have Graham Gano as your kicker at this moment based on the ESPN depth chart. What would you give up without trading Graham Gano for Evan McPherson straight up? What would you give up to get Evan McPherson to become a New York Giant? Irrelevant because Evan McPherson has like the best average for 50 yarders, right? Uh, Graham Gano is top three in average for NFL kicking. Top three. So why oh would I give God. up? This fucking guy, man. He's just who invited this guy? What are you talking what? about? Evan McPherson what? is one kick away yeah. from breaking the NFL Dude, record Graham, for most. Look at the right? average. Look at the average. Graham Gano. Graham Gano is Mr. Consistent. Dude. Why would I trade my kicker who makes kicks consistently, who's in the top three for average, for a guy that's a rookie? And yes, he's he had the best average for 50 plus. But I'm just saying, consistently, you just need a kicker to go in there, get the job done, put it through the pipes. If you're top three in the league at a 32 jobs, you're doing a hell of a job. Why would I trade anything for that? He did just break an NFL 19. rookie record, by the way, for most field goals consecutive. Don't give a fuck if he broke a rookie NFL rookie of the year. My guys, Graham Gano is in the top three for average, dude. Look it up. Look at the stats. stats Your Giants lie. are good at kicking field goals, too, because you guys obviously can't execute and scoring touchdowns. Oh! So I'm sure you guys are good. Yeah, we, yes, that's a good, that's a really good stat. That's a really that's good fair, stat. Yeah. And we were but, 32nd. In the red zone this year, NFL red zone. And that was one of the biggest reasons we hired Brian Dables to fix that. And I think we might bring Ken Ken Dorsey, the passing coordinator from the Bills, to fix that issue is we need to be better in the red zone. We need to score points. That is the issue, the New York Giants. And 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 the, the best answer is Brian Dables. And and I, I think he can turn a raw raw Daniel Jones into a superstar like he did with Josh Allen. Also, okay, Westy, I appreciate like honestly. I absolutely what? appreciate your fandom for the Giants. Like, just straight up, I love the loyalty to the Giants that you have. I'm gonna backtrack a little bit because Daniel Jones was talking- Daniel Jones was top fucking five in its whole. I'm not talking about Daniel Jones right Daniel now. Daniel Jones was top five in twenty yard Daniel plus Jones right in now. twenty yard plus in completion. I am not Westy. He's I one of the best deep throwers Daniel in average for completion right now. Hey, okay, okay, I'm go. I'm just trying to backtrack a little bit. Like, I'm trying to backtrack all the way to the fact, like, this is still in my mind. And it's the fact that you went, that Eli Manning is the best number oh, one draft pick of all time. I said, okay, I, like, said I was biased before. I mean, and I can appreciate your bias to that. But as a non-biased, like, as a okay. non-biased fan, as a Seahawks guy that just can't, yeah, I see that. As a Seahawks guy that 
has not had a big old number one overall. Uh, Eli Manning, fantastic quarterback, no doubt about it. But I don't see like Joe Burrow is a guy in his first year has a knee blown out. And the reason the team goes four and 12 is because the knee get blown out. And then he comes back and wins the division. I just don't see Eli Manning being that type of quarterback. If Eli Manning goes into the type of system where he has absolutely zero protection and gets hurt because of it, he comes back the next year and wins the division. Does he? Eh, maybe. But does he during that season where he has zero protection? I mean, the fact is, if Joe Burrow had protection during that rookie season, I feel like they have a way better record than 4-12. I mean, a hunting hey. playoffs type of record. Hey, you Eli look- Manning have that type of deal with the fucking Giants if he has a, if he has the same level protection as the Bengals had in Burrow's first year. If if Joe if oh sorry so your question is if Eli Manning had the same protection as Joe Burrow did in it early in his career, would he be the same quarterback or sorry? I mean, like essentially yes. I mean, our O line has been problems for years. I mean, we have one of the lowest ranked offensive lines in the league and it is a problem and we need to fix that clear, but Eli Manning, what he did with subpar teams and like not really high names. We had Plaxico Burroughs, Burroughs, David Tyree. Uh, like it's just incredible that he went into green Bay twice, beat Packers. He beat the Pats two years in the Super Bowl. Like he's won with subpar teams. I mean, Joe Burrow has, would would you agree or disagree that the Bengals are a subpar team? I mean, they have weapons all around. They have oh, Jamar the ba- Chase, the Bengals Joe are a subpar. Like, sorry, Brisson, but the Bengals are a subpar team. They have, but like, their receivers like, are good. Five. Higgins, but, okay, Boyd, yeah, that's great. Chase, if you could, Joe if you Mixon's could, a top. If you can three let the running ball back in go league. in time. Uh, the divisional round proved it. If you can let the ball go in enough time, you're gonna win the football game because that protection for fucking Joe Burrow in the divisional round was the worst protection that you could have seen in the playoff game. I mean, the Bengals... sacked nine fucking times. And he just, all he had to find out was, if I drop back and let it go fast enough, I will find a receiver. Done. It was Matt, Dude, it was 20% of his dropbacks Matt, that game. One in five times he got dropped back, he got sacked. Brisson, what I, I'll ask you a question. This year, watching the Bengals, who won more games for you? Was it Joe Burrow in the offense, or was it Hendricks... And your defense, who who was who was the recipe for winning games? Uh kicker. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, it's probably the offense, I would say. The offense, okay. But the Bengals do have a good defense. And that defense does win championships. So if the defense can't like fucking sustain and stop the Rams from scoring, they have a good fucking chance of winning the Super Bowl. Westman, we just finished watching the San Francisco 49ers play the Los Angeles Rams in SoFi Stadium where the Super Bowl is being held and the 49ers lose to the Rams. What were your thoughts on the game? What was the big standing point for you in terms of uh, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, Debo Samuel, Odell and Cooper Cup, Jimmy G and Matthew Stafford? What was the one thing that stood out for you as opposed to the rest? Shit, man. The Rams just absolutely balled out. They're down by 10. It was 17-7 in that final fourth quarter. And I, I saw a stat there. Joe Buck was talking about how 
the last deficit in the NFC Championship game was in 1970 by nine. So they just broke that curse or broke that record, not curse. But uh, fuck, man, San Fran is a tough team. And all props to Sean McVay and his staff to fucking come in at home to beat the 49ers. I mean, I couldn't be more happier for Stafford getting his first Super Bowl appearance after his after all, all the shit he's been through. But OBJ, that's my guy. Always will be. I'm always repping an OBJ jersey for today. Uh, Cooper Cup with the two TDs, man. Fuck, he's an absolute killer. Uh, we'll move to Scotty G. What do you think? Said, the game? I'm on the same side as Westy. I mean, Stafford in the Super Bowl, that's what we want to see. I mean, we both, we've all seen Jimmy G in the Super Bowl, and it was fucking terrible. It was fucking awful. It was the most boring Super Bowl ever. It was just fucking, here's Jimmy G handing off the ball, and then uh, Patty Mahomes going down, scoring a touchdown, and coming back in the game. So I think. Matty Stafford versus Joey Burrow in the Super Bowl is one of the most exciting Super Bowls that we could have thought of in the last five, ten years. I mean, in my opinion, it's going to be a fucking shootout. It's going to be awesome. So I am absolutely pumped for Matty Stafford to finally go to a Super Bowl. This is the reason you trade for Matty Stafford, right? Like you go, you go out and you get Matty Stafford. He's the guy that's going to go get these, he's going to make these deep throws down the field. He's going to find the open receiver all the time. Uh, Jared Goff, not that fucking guy, clearly. Matty Stafford is that guy. So Matty Stafford is going to go down the field, and he's going to lead him to a win. Matty Stafford to the Super Bowl, I'm pumped for it. Same as Westy. Absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy day of football. You know, those are two very good games. I agree with everything that's being said. I think Matthew Stafford was kind of caught in that goddamn prison that is the Detroit Lions for way too long. I think he's a very good quarterback. You know, it's really showing that if you put the right pieces around him and you put him in a successful and competent franchise, then he can have success. And that's exactly what's happened here. And, you know, I won't downplay what Sean McVay can do as a coach and furthermore as a motivator. I think that he's got a great recall. He's great at getting his troops to grab their rifles and run up the hill. I do think some of the shit he does is a little extra, like running down the field, sprinting full speed, having to have someone that just wrangles him back so he doesn't run into a ref, having him always having his shirt off every time that he's on video or having a picture taken at his house. I think that there's some suspect things here and like seems a little a bit of a weird guy. But at the end of the day, you know, the Rams traded for Matthew Stafford on January 30th, 2021. And on January 30th, 2022, he helps them punch their ticket to the Super Bowl. So Maybe a little revenge tour here for Sean McVay. For personal reasons, I hope that they don't score more than three points again because that would be very good. But at the end of the day, these guys are a good football team. Their D-line is scary. They got the best cornerback in probably football. Got probably one of the best D-lines in all of football. Just a very good team all around. Shit, man. We got one of the flashiest teams in the NFL playing in the Super Bowl. And it's the second time that – uh the home team has uh, punched your ticket to play in the Super Bowl at home. Like last year, the Bucks did it, and they beat the Chiefs at home, and that they just kind of just fucked them up. I mean, not gonna lie, like Chiefs got stunned last year in that game. I don't know if the Bengals are gonna be a team that's gonna come out and and maybe like hit the Rams in the mouth. I mean, the Rams are one of the most balanced teams in the NFL. They're they're great on offense. They're great on defense. They have a really good special teams coach like man they're just they're just scary to play against as a Bengals fan Matt like how do you feel like going into that game like are you nervous like are you 
excited. I don't know. No, it's I. There, there's a lot of things going on right now. Uh, mentally, emotionally, physically. Like I called Timmy B, one of our boys, during the Bengals game right before overtime, and said that it felt like I just played a nine inning baseball game. Like my joints were sore. I was drenched in sweat. Like just probably the least fun, but also the most fun I've had watching a football game in my life. But this this Rams team, I think, is legit. I think they're a strong contending team. And I would not lie, I am a little bit scared. But before I pass it to you, Scotty, because I think that you got you got a couple good ideas, let's play guess the line. What do you guys think the line is right now? I just saw it. Don't look. Uh, for the Rams and the Bengals at SoFi two weeks from now. Scotty's our inside gambling guy. Yeah, Scotty, lay it on me. <laughs> I mean, inside is definitely a bold move, but – I would say uh, my the first initial reaction is I think it's going to be Rams minus four and a half. I think that's the opening line. I feel like that's what it's going to open as, especially as Rams as the home team of the Super Bowl. Like Westy said, I mean, the fact that we have this back-to-back years, the fact this one's the true year, though. I mean, the Buccaneers, I don't think that counts. That was a special home game shit. Um I think it's Rams minus four and a half. That's what I feel. Uh, that being said, what I was going to comment on was, yeah, it, I could definitely tell that Brisson had felt like he had caught 18 innings in a row behind the dish watching that fucking Bengals game. I mean, that was stressful. You're down 23 to, 21 to three, sorry, at the half, and you come back and win that fucking football game. I still can't get over it. Oh, I had I, I fully had a gun in my mouth like with halfway through the second quarter, knowing that this is how this is going to, I was like, this is it. This is the end of it. And I was like, it's okay, but it's not the way I'd want it to end, but we greatly exceeded expectations, but we'll talk about the Bengals in a sec, but Westy, what is your prediction for the line? Lay it on me. I'm going to say Rams minus six and a half and the over under is going to be at 52 and a half. Broccoli lay it on me. Yeah, I'm going to say, because uh, Scotty took my four and a half, I'll say Rams minus one and a half. Uh, kind of a, almost a pick but not quite. And I will also say the over-under will be 46, even. It is actually the Rams by four. So good on there, Scotty. Uh, over-under is 50. So it's where the lines are opening right it's now. So early. The game's in two weeks. You never know. The game's in two weeks, yeah. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, the Bengals were favored by, or the Chiefs were favored by, I think it was opened at six and a half, went all the way up to seven and a half, and they got their shit pumped, so. I got a a couple things Rams-wise for the upcoming Super Bowl, or I guess Rams and Bengals coming out for the Super Bowl. Number one, uh, you know, obviously we all print out those kind of prop sheets for the Super Bowl, you know, color the Gatorade, coin toss, length of the anthem, all that. Uh, I would love a prop bet that uh, Sean McVay wears his classic Rams pullover in SoFi, the one that he's worn just about every game at SoFi. Uh, that would be the easiest check mark of all time on the prop sheet because the guy wears it all the time in LA and probably anywhere. So that'd be the easiest prop bet of all time. Uh, also, also the fact that we are one game closer to Odell Beckham winning a Super Bowl terrifies me, Wesley. That might I love it. be different for you. I know you're an Odell guy, but uh, it terrifies me. Terrifies me that the man might actually win a Super Bowl. It's kind of like ballers 
can't remember the name of the character. Wesley, you said you were watching Ballers. I can't remember the name of the guy. Ricky that, Jarrett? Ricky Jarrett, yep, who's pretty much Odell in the show, if not is an actual oh, representation of him, or Antonio Brown. Uh, it's one of those people I do not want winning the Super Bowl. So, like I said, uh, I went 0-6 on my money line predictions because, in my mind, I picked uh, I picked the Chiefs and the 49ers to win, although I wanted the Bengals to win. Uh, so I'm 0-6 in the last two weekends. That's a dagger. So uh, at the end of the day, it's Bengals by a billion. That's all I need to say because it's reversed the curse for the boss here. I mean, it is a straight up – I mean, today I went technically 2-0 and on the old money line picks. Uh, sure, I had Bengals on the spread, but that's also called a safe bet. If you're going to bet the fucking – Bengals plus seven, you're going to cheer for them to get the money line. It's not just a fucking cover. If you're in the underdog, you're going to cheer for them to cover and to win overall. So I technically went two and oh on the money line today. Uh, that being said, I've got a big old soft spot for Burrow. Uh, legend when I was down in uh, Arkansas and he was playing at LSU. So a uh, big old soft spot for Joey B and Jamar Chase. So you know that I'm cheering for the Bengals in the Super Bowl. They've been to it once. They got embarrassed in two minutes by the 49ers at the end. But, you know, this is their year. Uh, you got to feel it. They go 2-14, and 14, and then they go 4-12 and 12 because Joey B got hurt. And then all of a sudden they're division champs and now AFC champs in one year. It's a big old go Bengals. Hashtag who day. That sounds like a team that I knew that went 4-13 and 13 this year. That maybe could be potential division champs next year. Um, but I guess we're shifting to the uh, Bengals, the Bengals Chiefs game. Hey, talk about 49ers for a sec. I think we need to hold them a proper funeral because they exceeded expectations greatly for a lot of people this Man, year. Seeing Debo Samuel like on the sideline on the bench, it, it kind of hit me, man. Like that guy was everything to that team. Like he was, he was literally bawling his eyes out, man. They're one game away from the Super Bowl, man. Like, I couldn't imagine that feeling for him. I saw OBJ coming there, and they had a little moment together on the sideline, which is kind of cool to see, you know, a little dap up, like, you know, game respects game. Like, we'll see a lot of each other in the future. I, I bet that's what it's something he said. But, uh, man, like, that, that 49ers team was tough. Like, I, I don't think Jimmy G is going to be that quarterback next year. I think they're going to roll with, with Trey Lance, which can't even be scarier for them because he can, he can move on his legs. But, that 49ers team is something to look out for with all that young talent they got. Uh, Brock, what do you think about the 49ers this year? Yeah, obviously, uh, like I said, I'm a NFC West guy, Cardinals fan all the way. I hate the Rams more than any team in all of professional sports. But then they got to give some props to the 49ers. I will start off with the hatred for him because it's been a hatred type podcast so far. Uh, Jimmy G isn't the guy. It's a move on from him. He isn't the guy. Uh, that shovel pass just joined him in the league company with Carson Wentz and Kyler Murray for a couple of the worst interceptions thrown in the last, you know, four to five weeks of football. Uh, that was a pretty terrible shuffle, uh, sh- you know, shuffle pass to, you know, a receiver four feet over his head, even though he was within eight feet. So that's the only slander I have on him. Uh, 49ers at the end of the day, like I said, Debo Samuel is the guy. Is that all Debo Samuel? Sure. But I'm sure it's part of, uh, Kyle Shanahan, who I still believe is one of the smarter coaches in the league who could take, you know, a third string running back on any team and make him a stud on his offense. So, uh, you know, 49ers be happy. So Kyle Shanahan, obviously you wanted it to be the year, year to go back to the Super Bowl, play the Bengals, but, uh, you know, just close game, you lose it. 
Uh, what else you got? George Kill, still a guy. Uh, loves to block more than anything. And, yeah, I'll pass it to Prasan if there's uh, anything he's got 49ers that wants to add to that. You know, when I think of the 49ers, I think that they're very similar to the Bengals in the fact that they can have sustained success with what they have right now at every position. So the 49ers, you do have Jimmy G at quarterback. There could be some changes there, but by and large, they're a very solid team from the first man to the 52nd. And at the end of the day, these guys are professional athletes and they get paid to come out here and perform. But like you can have the best player in the league, but football is a team sport. And not only a team sport, there's two distinct sides of the ball. So it's very, very difficult for someone to have a great impact and a game-winning impact by themselves. And the 49ers and the Bengals kind of play a similar brand of football where if the offense is not stepping up, then the defense will. And that's why the 49ers beat the Packers, frankly. And it was because the offense and the defense were both not stepping up. And then you get the special teams coming in and they block that field goal and turn it around the other way. So it's sustained. It's they're built well from the ground up. They have a good foundation. And I think that they'll be dangerous for years to come. They're maybe a quarterback and a few other small pieces away from being an absolute juggernaut in the future. But I think that they'll, they're going to be here for a while. I'm sad to see them go as an objective football fan. I thought that they were a pretty good story, but Stafford to the plug. Stafford to the Super Bowl is the best thing, I think, for coming out of the NFC right now, and especially with SoFi hosting it, because that's going to be, A, that's going to be mayhem, but B, it's also, we went so long without having a team host the Super Bowl and win it while they're hosting. For us to do it in potentially back-to-back years would be incredible, but I really hope that doesn't happen for, I mean, anyone that would be able to see right now for obvious reasons. So, Scotty, anything to add there? Uh, I mean, like we said, it's the 49ers, I must, as much as I fucking hate them as a Seahawks fan, they are going to be very good moving forward. They have all the right pieces on defense. I mean, Debo Samuel is very versatile in terms of receiving and rushing from the wideout position. Um, Kittle's always going to be a very dominant threat, whether he receives or whether he blocks. He is the all-around tight end that everyone wants. Uh that being said, yeah, I mean, I'm going to be more scared as a Seahawks fan when Trey Lance takes over because he can both run and throw the ball versus Jimmy G can hand it off really well, but he can't throw it for shit. Uh, I always thought Jimmy G was a shit quarterback, so, I mean, fuck him. Uh, uh, that being said, yeah, I mean, the Rams going to the Super Bowl as the host, uh, I said it earlier, it's going to be a true host Super Bowl. Uh, they're at home. Um I'm excited to watch Matt Stafford. And like I said, I mean, Joey Burrow is the guy that I'm cheering for straight up. He's the best feel good story. Yeah. Great. The Rams are hosting at home for the Super Bowl. Whoop de do as a Seahawks fan. Sure. Yay. NFC West. We have a representative in the Super Bowl. Fuck the Rams as a Seahawks fan. I can't fucking have them win again. So again, as in, you know, 19 fucking 99. I can't have anybody but the Seahawks win from the NFC West. Fuck everybody else. It's a big old Joey B and the Bengals in the Super Bowl. Huge. I mean, fuck the 49ers, man. Proper burial. Like what they did in the playoffs as a six seed to go and fucking 
into Jerry's world, beat the Cowboys on the leg of Robbie Gold, go into Green Bay, beat Darren Rodgers and the Packers on the leg of Robbie Gold. It, 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 it all made sense for that last drive to come together for them to come down and, and maybe get a touchdown or, or the tie up the game with the leg of Robbie Gold. I mean, Robbie Gold, he's a menace to society kicking footballs fucking pass guys at the beginning of the game jalen ramsey i'm just gonna scrum with him that would have been electric a cornerback and a kicker fighting during like halftime like who would ever thought that could happen i will say the best thing about the 49ers was that they beat the cowboys and the packers it was the two it was the two teams that i would have very much liked to see the 49ers beat it was i will say that to them good job on beating the cowboys and the packers fuck those two other teams, and then it's fuck the 49ers. After that, yeah, you know, I could see you leave anytime you want. And this could be the uh, the mountains being blue with the Coors Light that we've been drinking all night here at the uh, Withrow basement with regards to NFL Sunday, but uh, there is a part of me that still believes the fact that Nick Bosa going to the 49ers and Kyler Murray going to the Cardinals uh, still upsets me to this day as a Buckeye fan and with Ohio State because Nick Bosa is an absolute animal and Kyler Murray being a fucking short guy quarterback he is has the worst body language when he loses and quite frankly watching Nick Bosa enjoy playing football tonight was just another reassurance that holy fuck maybe there's a chance we picked the wrong guy with the first overall pick uh, instead of Nick Bosa so uh, watching that today was just pretty upsetting where he goes down, sacks uh, Matt Stafford, has fun playing football while our quarterback loses in the fucking worst super wild card weekend football game you've ever seen in your entire life uh, and has the worst body language on and off the field. So uh, as a Cardinals fan, that one hurt a little bit, but I'm sure 49ers fans, like we said, we could reiterate all night. They, uh, they, they're at their ups and downs. Like the Bills, they're going to have those moments where they're thinking, oh, my God, we are that close to a Super Bowl. But at the end of the day, we are at the moment where we have a Bengals and fucking Rams Super Bowl in Los Angeles. We're going to get right back to the Bengals and Chiefs game. Before we do that, we got uh, Big Screen Sports on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok at Big Screen Sports. For Twitter, it's at Big Screen Sport. Go check us out. Our work, our uh, website bigscreensport.wordpress.com go check out our sports blogs including uh, Westy's Big Blue rant that he has including his new day ball and uh, new manager you can go check that out in his predictions as well as check us out on any of your podcast uh, streaming platforms filter not included podcast share with your friends and family this is the new podcast the future go check us out so let's get right into the Bengals and Chiefs we have the end of our NFL championship recap brought to you by Big Screen Sports on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok at Big Screen Sports. For Twitter, it's at Big Screen Sport. Check out our website and the Big Blue Rant by our boy Eric Westman. Our recaps and previews by Maddie B. Uh, BigScreenSport.wordpress.com, as well as check us out on all your podcast streaming platforms. Filter not included podcast. Share with your friends and family. Our last topic of the night, we have to get it in here because our boy Westman, obviously, like me and Scotty, don't have a team rooting here in the Super Bowl. He's got his big blue rant here, and he has their team. The New York Giants have hired their guy in Brian Dable as the new head coach as well as the new GM. Westman, give the fans your couple-of-minute recap on the new GM, 
I believe a new assistant GM, I could be wrong, but at least new GM and head coach, give us what's going on there in the front office of New York and tell us what the fans are looking for forward to this upcoming season. Yeah, it's pretty exciting stuff. We uh, we got our new uh, GM, Joe Shane, from uh, Buffalo Bills. He was the assistant GM there for the past five years. He was a guy that I saw on paper looking for GM jobs, and as I, I saw his experience with scouting um, the college level and pro level for 20 years. And, and, you know, a guy like that can definitely help the inside with new analytics and, and how we, how we do things and how we uh, draft. And it's very, it's a smart hire. And he brought alongside his uh, offensive coordinator from the bills as well. uh, Brian Dable, who I, I absolutely love as a coach. He, he is, he's like, like Joe judge did. He had experience under uh, Saban and Belichick. Like, so he definitely has been in the right rooms for coaching and has definitely learned a lot from a lot of those guys. So it's definitely exciting. And what he's done in Buffalo for the past couple of years, turning Josh Allen to a stud and, you know, making their offense really fucking scary in the league. And I mean, I I hope that they can turn this New York team around, like build this O-line up, get some edge picks. And, you know, our team from like the Bengals four win team, can turn into a uh, Super Bowl contending team. Like it, it's definitely exciting, and man, I, I'm just looking forward to the future and and see what 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 shit can happen. Awesome. We uh, we appreciate that recap, Wesley, and the preview of what's to come for New York Giants fans. We have our random team of the day segment. We end here on Filter Not Included in the last couple of weeks, and the team. We picked NFL, obviously, because of the NFL championship weekend we've got going on here. And unfortunately, boys, think about it. Sit here and digest the fact we have one more game of NFL this season coming up. And for you two, it's the Bengals versus the Rams. And you know what? Let's give a little bit of a preview because Jimmy Garoppolo threw the most Carson Wentz interception of all time. So we're going to recap the random team of the day with the Indianapolis Colts. Scotty Gillespie, I'm going to start with you. What is your first thing you think of when you think Indianapolis Colts and whether it's the team, the quarterback, the front office, what's the first thing you think of when it comes to the Indianapolis Colts? Uh, The first thing I think of is the fact that they left in the middle of the night from Baltimore, just left that fan base in the dust in the middle of the night and made them hate them forever. I mean, like people from Baltimore, I mean, it's fucking 2022 and people from Baltimore hate the Colts because of the nineties decision to just leave in the middle of the night for Baltimore. It is like to leave in the middle of the night for Indianapolis. It's hilarious. Like, yeah. Peyton Manning, whatever. Fans hate the Colts just because they left in the middle of the night for Indianapolis. Timmy Bennett, what are your thoughts on the Indianapolis Colts? First thing that comes to mind. Uh, two things come to mind. Pat McAfee, of course. I've got a jersey of his on the way to my home, along with my Evan McPherson jersey, just in case anyone thinks I'm a fraud. Um, so, yeah, Pat McAfee, electric, the most electric punter we've ever seen, and you guys know how I feel about kickers and punters. Um, but I also have to thank Andrew Luck because I think he was an absolute generational quarterback. He was so good and I've had a hard time understanding it, but now I've gotten to the point where I really respect 
that he was like, you know what? I'm just done. I like my brain how it is because he's a really intelligent guy. And I really respect his decision to step out of uh, professional football and go do his thing. Um, but my favorite part of Andrew Luck was the Captain Andrew Luck Twitter account where somebody, you know, made it seem like Andrew Luck was a Civil War general and they would just write these old-timey tweets about, you know, rolling into his week's game and giving game recaps as if it was, you know, the 1800s. So that's what I think about Captain Andrew Luck, absolute hero. Matty Brisson, I see you chuckling over there. You obviously have a dandy of an Indianapolis Colt thing to recap for the fans here. What's the one thing that you think of when you think Indianapolis Colts? No, I could not be any further from a dandy here, Brock. I'll tell you that for free. You know, the, the first thing that comes to mind when I think of the Colts, other than what these guys have already mentioned, obviously would probably be Adam Vinatieri. Like, great kicker, probably had the most gray hair on his head. Actually, him and Mason Crosby, are we sure those guys aren't actually, like, the same people? Like, this aren't all kickers the same people games. though at the end of the day really except for evan mcpherson because he's Go a special beef. <laughs> yeah oh god brock don't open that can of worms again but suck my cock yeah. i'll murder your family <laughs> no i think i think adam vinatieri probably probably one of the best kickers of all time it's pretty crazy pretty good guy too it's nice to see someone do well but also be a good person westman you got a nice blue jersey on i know it's not a colts jersey but what do you got indianapolis colts was um my first thought is probably have to be the worst play of all time the uh fake punt that pat mcafee lined up you know i think what chuck began was trying to do is trying to draw him offside for illegal or uh something but it just turned out to be the worst play of all time with Pat McAfee under center. And it was a literal meme. So that that's the first thing I think of uh, the Colts right there. Well, for me personally, it's recency bias. I got two things. One recency bias tells me the Indianapolis Colts lose to Jacksonville Jaguars and lose out on making the 2022 NFL playoffs while losing to the playoffs with the Jaguars lost there. They have to host the national championship game at Lucas Oil Stadium, which has to be an absolute dagger for Indianapolis Colts fans, where they're thinking championship football is being played in their stadium and it's not their Colts. So that's probably a little bit of a bitter taste in their mouth there. But the other one, too, for me is the Phillip Rivers. Obviously, Phillip Rivers, one of the greatest quarterbacks to have the worst uh, two-minute, uh, last two-minute runs there, trying to uh, come back in games and uh, seal the deal there in the fourth quarter because he is the comeback king although he never really did it much. So Philip Rivers and Lucas Oil Stadium National Championship are the two things for me. Thank you for listening to the Philip and Included podcast. This has been five of the greatest Philip and Included men on the planet. Uh, thank you for listening to us. Check us on Instagram, Twitter, big, uh, Facebook, and Instagram at uh, Big Screen Sports. Twitter, it's at bigscreensport.com. Uh, the website is bigscreensport.wordpress.com and check us out on all your podcast streaming platforms. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We appreciate it. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me on this Sunday night as loaded and shirtless as you are. I appreciate you boys joining me. Hopefully the listeners enjoyed it and we will see you guys either Super Bowl week or before then. Who day? <laughs>